Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. It is good to see you, and I I hope you're doing well. I'm grateful for you. If you're joining us online, I want to welcome you as well. And let's begin, as we always do, guys. I want to just invite you to get out your Bibles or get out a Bible app. You can get your study guide and uh, go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going through the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 11. We've really been kind of just sitting on chapter 11. This is our fourth week, but um, we're really concentrating slowing down on chapter 11 because chapter 11 is really the premier chapter of faith in the Bible. So we're in chapter 11, verse 30. Now, real quick, chapter 11, it begins, we're talking about faith. We're talking about faith. It begins by giving us a description of faith. We've been going over this every week, but I just want to go over it just real quick again so we know what faith is. Scripture says faith is the assurance of things hoped for, we're talking about faith still, and faith is the conviction of things not seen. Yeah, so in other words, I'm going to say it like this, I kind of wrote this out, faith is acting like God is telling the truth, that's, that's faith. Faith is bringing the invisible into view, faith is seeing the future as the present Faith is functioning now in light of the not yet. That, 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 that is, that's faith. I was reading this last week and I came across a paraphrase. The paraphrase, I, I'm going to share it with you because I really liked it. Faith is acting like it is so, even if it is not currently so, so that it might be so simply because God said so. I like that. That's, that's, that's faith. All right, that's faith. Okay. And we hear that and we get that, but here's the reality, here's the truth, here's something we all know. In order to, I don't know, function and live in the now in light of the not yet, like God said it, I believe it, but I'm not seeing it, but I'm going to live in light of it. To do that, to walk in that way, to live in that way, it takes a lot of courage. Christian, it does. It takes, it takes a lot of courage to live by faith because we all we all know this we all know we all know that you know it's it's easy it's easy to uh, have have courage and faith and all that when everything's going good right everything's going good you 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 ever go to i don't know you look when you're younger go to church camp church camp is like yeah everything's great we love you talk about you're bold you're all these things but i tell you what faith is a little bit more difficult when you face a face a disaster or you face a trial or persecution or ridicule in fact, 
I would say biblical faith, here's what I would say, biblical faith is the source of courage. It is. And so we're in chapter 11. This is a tremendous chapter, and it ends, chapter 11 ends by giving us examples of the courage of faith. And I already said this, it takes courage to live by faith. It takes courage. I'm going to live in light of what I have not seen. I'm going to act as though God's telling the truth. When I'm reading the Word of God, I'm going to act like that's the truth because it is the truth. I'm going to live in light of the truth, even though I might not be seeing all that stuff happen around me right now. It's going to take courage. And so we get to chapter 11, verse 30, and the author of Hebrews, they're going to give us all these examples of courage. And there's a lot of them, guys. I want you to know on the front end, we're going to go through a lot of different examples, and we could very well spend a lot of time on every one of these examples, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to give you kind of a broad overview of each, but I'm telling you, we can learn a lot from them. So let's, let's, just, let's, let's just get into it. Chapter 11, verse 30, looking at courage. First thing we're going to see is courage in the struggle. That's where we're going to begin, courage in the struggle. Once again, this is, this is the truth. You all know it, but you got to hear it again because we need to internalize it. It's always, life is always a struggle for the believer. It is. Why is that? Because God's way is not the world's way. And as long as we are alive in this world, there will be struggle, there will be conflict. And the only effective weapon we have in the struggle is our faith. First example, here we go, verse 30. By faith, biblical faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. We'll talk about that. What's going on? Now, this is a story from the Old Testament, all right? Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Um, either way, it went down broadly like this. God had promised a land to the people of God, Israel. That's why it's called, the, it's called the promised land because it's the land of promise. God said, this land is for you. They're in the wilderness. They're going into the land. God promised it to them. The first city they come to is this city named Jericho. In order to get to the land, they got to go through Jericho. Now, here's the problem. Jericho, Jer Jericho is a big old city. Got these big old walls. I, I, I've actually... But years ago, I went to the destructive part of the city, and I saw it. It was, a, it was a mammoth city. Not only that, it was on lockdown because they knew the people of God were coming. Like, they did not have an element of surprise. So you're sitting there. God has promised. God has said, that is your city. That is your land. They're sitting there. They're looking at it. They see the big old walls, and there seems to be a disparity because you're like, God, you say that that's ours. But I'm sitting here right now, it don't look like mine. And I'll tell you what, in addition to that, there's some big old walls there. How do you accomplish? How do I have faith in what you said? How's it going to transpire? About that time, God gives Joshua some specific instructions. I'm not going to go into the details. Basically, God says this, march around the city for seven days. On the last day, blow some trumpets and the walls, the, <laughs> the walls are going to come down. Now, you might have heard the story before, and it sounds logical to you, but I'm telling you right now, that's not so obvious. I mean, God, God, says, God says, that's yours. Here's how you obtain it, and you hear it, and I think you would be skeptical, right? You, what, God, what, it's, what, I, I, what? 
You walk, around, you walk around seven days, blow a horn, and the walls are going to come down. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to have faith. I don't care who you are. You hear God say, and God and promises in the Bible, and you're going to have to have faith because that is the truth, that is the reality, and I am, I am charged with through faith to live in light of what God has said because we already know that's, that's, that's bedrock. That's bedrock. And so they do it. They do what God had said by faith, and sure enough, by faith, those walls came crumbling down. That's faith. That's in the struggle. That's faith. God said it. They obeyed it. The walls come down. Second example. We got a lot of them. Verse 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute. I'm going to pause there. We could talk a lot about this. But can you imagine if your name was in the Bible followed by your greatest sin? That's Rahab. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient. Contrast, real quick, we could talk about all, I, I, I want to go kind of fast here. Faith is contrasted with disobedient. You got two sets of people in here. You got those who had faith and those who did not, and the ones who did not are called disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Okay, real quick, we can talk about Rahab. You know, Rahab is in the Faith Hall of Fame, chapter 11, and you would think to yourself she was not probably a candidate, a likely candidate for, for this, right? Getting a hall of fame of faith. Wait, she's a prostitute. She's a Gentile. She's a Canaanite. On top of that, she was an Amorite. God had already said previously that those people were set aside and marked for destructions. But my friends, guys, that is what you call grace. If you're a Christian, that's what you've experienced. That's how God's grace works. Text says, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not what? Did not perish. What saved her from her perishing? It says, by faith. By faith, right? Grace, say, by grace, through faith, she saved from destruction. Now, I'm telling you right now, I was thinking about that. I'm going to tell you for a fact, you could put my name right in there as well. You could say something like this. By grace, through faith, Travis, the dirty dog sinner, did not perish, right? If you're a Christian, you can do the same thing. By, through grace, by faith, put your name in there, Christian. Do not perish. Why? Because I got faith. I don't got no blind faith. I got a faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it's always been that way. It always will be that way. Salvation by grace, through faith, None of that's of your own doing or my own doing. All that's a gift, the gift of God, so that none of us will go before God and boast in any way about the works that we have accomplished. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Rahab shows that the faith she had during this struggle, that faith had courage, right? You see, faith, faith, biblical faith does not crumble because the circumstances are difficult. Biblical faith it's not going to crumble and just shrivel up because life is threatening or difficult or your buddy's making fun of you because you're going to church and reading your Bible. True saving faith, man. You grip God, you hold on to God, you obey God to the best of your ability by the indwelling spirit in order to accomplish what he's asked you to do. That's Rahab. Real quick, one of the greatest things about Rahab, I believe, and you may know this, but I just got to say it, Rahab was the great-great-grandmother of King David. You telling me our God not good? He good. 
He's not only saving her, he's not only not removing her from destruction, he's blessing her. She is in the line of my Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what grace does, okay? So we see, we see, we begin this way. We're getting these examples, guys. I'm telling you right now, we're going to live by faith. You're going to live by faith. You're going to have to have courage in the struggle. But not only that, you're going to have to have courage in the suffering. Oh, that's hard, right? No, seriously. You got in the struggle to have faith, that's one thing. But to have courage in the suffering, check this out, verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of. Real quick, he's saying, guys, he's saying, listen, there's so many Old Testament stories. And we could go through all of them and see how faith moved and what God did. We don't have time to do all that. He's saying that. We ain't got time to do all that. But then he mentions six. He's going to mention six. Here we go. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Got six guys there. Six guys and the prophets. I I don't have time to talk about all of them, but he's like, I want to just mention these guys. And these guys, I mean, that's a pretty impressive, that's a pretty impressive list. It's six heroes of Israel. But church, here's what I want us to see. Every one of those people were flawed. Every one of them have major flaws. They're gifted, they have abilities, but they're flawed, all right? Here's, here's, here, here's my question for, for all of you. Do you know any flawed people, all right? Let me, let me, let me I'm gonna, I, well, I can do it a different way. Raise your hand if you're here in this room today and you do not currently have a flaw. Exactly. Because if you don't, we want to examine you because you're like a, you know, you're a unicorn. I mean, it don't, it's, we're flawed. We're flawed. Well, I got good news. Flawed people still make it into the hall of fame of faith by the grace of God. All right? I want to look at these six guys. I want to look at them really quickly. You got Gideon. 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 You can go read about him. Gideon was a judge in the book of Judges. Gideon, Gideon, he's a military leader, but he actually, check this out, he actually debates God, right? God, God I know, I know none of you, none of us would do that. We don't do that. God tells him to do something. And he's like, I don't know, God. He, go, he asked God, he asked God for, for a sign and for proof. He doubted God. God showed him the proof. God used him and by his faith, Gideon took 300 men. There's a great story in there. 300 men directed by God. He defeats a numerous army. It says as numerous as the locusts. He says their camels were without number. That's a lot of camels, man. So he defeats them by faith. You get to Barak. <sighs> Barak. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I could spend all day talking about this man, Barak. You can go back and... You can read about him, but I, here's, here's why I could talk about Barak all day long. I fear that the day that we're living in today is becoming a lot like Barak's time, all right? You see, he lived during a time, have patience with me, this word of God. He lived during a time when God's men were weak. They were weak, weak men. All the nation, nothing but weak weak men. God couldn't even find a man to lead his people. 
like the whole nation of God's men are weak. And I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing more frightening than a weak man because weak men are dangerous. Weak men are dangerous. Weak men don't lead. Weak men, weak men don't go to church. Weak men don't read the Bible. Weak men don't lead their, their, their families. Weak men don't honor, don't honor their wives. They're so dangerous. The, they're the most dangerous church in the world is a church full of weak men. And that's what Barak had. That's his story. You can, you can go, go, go read it. Just, just a nation full of weak men. He's so flawed. But by the grace of God, the grace of God, there was a strong, godly woman in the land named Deborah. God spoke to her. And she did what no man would do. She listened to God. And she went up to Barak and slapped him silly. Basically, you can read it. It wasn't really a slap, but my goodness, you're like, you're like, you're like, Barak, could you be any more pathetic? Don't matter, man. God shows up, and in Barak's weakness, God was victorious. Flawed man, flawed man, weak man, God used him. Let's keep going. Next is a strong man, I guess, Samson. Samson, now, Samson, he's remembered for his strength, not his faith, his hair, you know. Well, we, all, we all like guys with long hair, right? All right, all right, all right. Just that's a trick question. But he's an interesting guy, man. He's not a good guy, man. He's immature, self-centered, pleasure seeker. He is so, so flawed. Just like another man I know, me. But being flawed does not have to be the last word. Look at Samson on his deathbed. The Bible says he called out to God one more time one more time by faith and God moved, right? Your flaw does not have to be the end of the story. Then you get Jephthah. Jephthah, oh man, this guy, another great. Jephthah, man, this guy, this guy, he's, okay, so he's introduced in the Bible, right? Jephthah, and it says the son of a prostitute. That's how he's introduced. That's his introduction in the word of God, right? But his dad, man, his dad was married. His dad had three other sons, the three other sons, they, they kick, kick him out of the house. Son of a prostitute, kicked out of the house, but he's got another strike against him. He leaves the house, and the Bible says he starts hanging out. Listen, don't get upset with me. These are Bible words. He starts hanging out with worthless fellas, some worthless dudes. Bible says it. He hang out with worthless dudes. That's a, that's a crazy story. You get son of a prostitute, family kick you out. You hanging out with worthless, worthless people. That's flawed. But you know what? You read the story. God shows up. God shows up. Saves by grace. God, God is a distributor of this thing called grace. And when it is distributed, it is a beautiful thing and it changes everything. Next, you got David. Once again, David, of course, David stands out. He stands out. He stands out. Obvious, obvious Old Testament, lots of flaws. But God says, man after his own heart. I take that to mean that he was saved. Keep going. Samuel. Samuel's a great prophet. Does many, many things. Once again, he's flawed. He's flawed. Scripture says that he's a bad father. He's a bad daddy. The reason why he was a bad father was he was rarely home and his kids got really wicked. Anyway, God used him. Then you get to the prophets. That's a big list. You can read the Bible. He doesn't name them specifically, 
but God uses them by their faith for many, many victories. So that's just a, he's like, this is just a picture. That's just a picture. He goes, time does not suffice for me to tell you about everybody. This is a picture. But we're going to keep going. He's looked at six people and the prophets. Those are people. Now he's going to switch to his tactic. He's going to go, he's going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you about events. We're going to look at some events. Here's what he does. He goes, listen, 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 listen. I've been talking about people of the Bible. Now I want to talk about events in the Bible. Verse 33, 34, and part of 35. Let me read this. These are events. Who through faith, that's all these things that followed were accomplished by faith. I'm going to read it. Conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of what? Weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. All those beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, amazing things all were accomplished how? Through what? Faith. 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 Now, we don't got time to go through every one of these. But I can tell you we can summarize all of this by saying faith accomplished supernatural things. Faith accomplished things that were, couldn't be explained naturally. They were unique, unprecedented, and unlimited, all because people were willing to place their faith in God. All right? Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's what I think the point is. I don't, I don't know. This is what I think. If you can't explain everything by nature, well, then I would say you're not probably living by faith, right? I mean, if you have a rational explanation for everything, you're not living by faith. The deal is we see it here. I think there ought to be something in your life that you can't explain. You have some stories in your life I can't explain. There ought to be things in your life I believe they go against the natural order of things. So my question would be something like this. When was the last time something happened to you that you cannot explain? Right? Well, I, I, that's not enough. I'm in my head. I'm like, I, this service here? Supernatural. 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 Can't explain. What are you people doing here? You know what I'm saying? Every one of you got a thousand other things to do, but you're here, right? I'm supernatural. Super, I'm, you're, 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 you're here. Here's another question. I got this question. Here's a question. Do you know, do you, I was thinking about this. I was thinking on this. Do you know what a miracle is? You know what a miracle is? I mean, we use the word a lot. We do, we do. I mean, I got people, I'm not a big into sports or whatever, but I, you know, people are in sports and people like their team wins and they expect them to lose. And they're like, that's a miracle. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a miracle. I don't know if God, the universe has interceded on behalf of your team. And, you know, last week I was a student and, and, and a student was telling me, you know, they thought they were going to make a B and they made an A and they're like, that's a miracle. And I'm like, no, man, that's a blessing. That's not a, that's not a miracle. Miracle. So what's a miracle? A miracle is when God overrules the natural laws he set in place. That's a miracle, okay? That's a miracle. For example, God's got some natural laws that he set in place like gravity. 
you throw something up, it's going to come down. That's the natural order of things in the dimensions that we live in set by God. But we got to understand God can at any time that he wants to overrule any of the natural laws that he set in place. And if he so chooses to overrule the natural law that he set in place, that, my friend, is a miracle. That's a miracle. And the author of Hebrews says here that faith can transcend the natural order of things, even, check it out, in the lives of flawed believers, right? That's what God does by faith, all right? Now, we're going to keep moving through. We saw some people. We saw some events, but now we're going we're to get some other events. But these, these events are a little bit more difficult, okay? Because the events we just looked at, look, what are you looking at? You, you, you stop in the mouths of lions, you're conquering kingdoms, you know, mighty war. That's all good stuff, good, good outcomes. Had faith, something good happened. But now we're going to look at some events where people had faith and it did not go so well, all right? From the human perspective. Okay, check out these events. Verse 35, second half. This is hard, guys. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. What, uh, what happened here? That's what, what's going on here? Like, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like in the other group of people, I'm like, yeah, that's faith. I love the faith. And then you get here and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. These scenarios are not exactly what I had been anticipating. Are you telling me, are you telling me that you can have faith? You can be where God wants you to be. And one of the outcomes would be something victorious from my viewpoint. And another would seem to be, I don't know, not as victorious from my point of view. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. This portion of scripture is a slap in the face to anyone who would dare teach that if you got enough faith, it's all going to go well for you. People say that. I've heard them say that. I've heard, I had a buddy, I had a buddy, I had a buddy, he was on death bed and a person, a good Christian man told him the reason he was sick is because he did not have enough faith. And I'm like, whoa, time out, brother. Have you not read Hebrews? What about this guy? Dude, dude, a guy was sawn in two pieces, two pieces. Like he was in one piece, he had faith, and then someone cut him in two pieces. You know, it's there in the Bible. Same, he has the same amount of faith as the guy, Daniel, who, who sh shut the, the mouth of lines. Same faith, different outcome. What's going on here? Well, quickly, I would say this. Sometimes... Faith gives you the power to escape, and it does. But sometimes God wants you to go through something. Sometimes God's got a bigger picture in mind. Sometimes God's got a grander view than your view, and sometimes you're going to have to go through it. What does faith do for me then? Faith at that time gives you the power to endure it. That's what faith does. No matter what, it's faith no matter what. 
God gets glory, we get joy, and the nations get the good, all right? And look what it says about these guys in verse 38. Of whom, and this is weighty words, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. That's crazy. God says, the world was not even worthy to have these people walk among them. Pretty weighty words. But God will return and things will be made right. Courage, you need courage. We're walking in this. Courage in the struggle, courage in the suffering. Final thing we're gonna see is courage in the waiting. You guys know, you know, you guys, it takes courage to wait. It does. Nobody likes waiting. They don't like waiting. They don't like waiting at red lights, you know, and that's only, what, 10 seconds. It takes courage. God's, God's got all these promises, and I'm reading them, and I'm like, I'm not seeing them fulfilled right now. Like, I don't have that right now. i got to live in light of it right now. That's patience, and it's going to take courage. Verse 39, and all these, that's all of them, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Just a few things I'll pull out there, just a few things. Things that got my attention, look at that. All these, the people, the events, those who were victorious, those who did not seem so victorious to the human eyes, all of them were what? Commended. Commended through their what? Faith, commended, commended. That means they approved by God. That means. God approved of them. And I was thinking about this. What, what, what's the opposite of being approved or applauded by God? I would say being applauded by men, right? And that's, that's, that's the deal. You can be applauded by God or you can be applauded by men. I mean, whose applause are we seeking here? When the curtain closes, who you want clapping? God, men. I'll tell you right now, if you're living for the applause of men, that's all you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? That's all you're going to get. So if you're living for the applause of men, I would say enjoy it now because that is all you're going to get. You want something bigger, greater, grander, glorious. We're going to walk. We're going to live. We're going to act and have faith in the living God. All right? So you say this, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, but it's, it's hard. How am I to live now in light of what the promises say? We get a little key insight there that's very helpful. He said, God had provided something better for us. Something better, man. This whole Hebrew, this whole thing, Jesus is better. There's something better. There's something better. There's something better. There's something better. And I'm telling you what, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you know, you're going through the struggle. You're going through the waiting. You're going through the suffering. You guys, your focus cannot be on that. It's got to be lifted up. It's got to be something bigger, better, greater, more glorious, right? And that is exactly what he's saying. Listen to me. Only way to get from Egypt, what, to the promised land is you got to go through the wilderness, and a wilderness, <laughs> wilderness called wilderness for a reason. You know what I'm saying? You got to have faith. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. 
You know it's hard. We're walking. You gotta have courage. You gotta have courage in the struggle. You gotta have courage in the suffering. You gotta have courage in the waiting. Let me just I just love that. Faith is like acting like it is so, even if it is not currently so, so that it might be so simply because God said so. That's faith. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this list of examples from the people to the events and how through all of it, you applauded them. I pray that we would be a people that would live courageously, that our faith would be placed in you, our faith would be rooted in your promises, that we would live now in light of the future, that we would live now in light of the not yet seen and that we would boldly and bravely, by your grace, accomplish this. And we ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Next week we continue. We're going to pick up in chapter 12. But that is a four-week overview of faith. At this time, Silverdale Saturday night. So we are blessed. We try at least once a month to have the Lord's Supper. And we're going to move into the Lord's Supper at this time, I would ask that you pull out or get out the elements, and hopefully you received these when you came in. If you still do not have elements and you, and you need them, raise your hands, and we will get them to you. We got, let's see, real quick, where, we got, well, we had, there we go, Emory. Yeah, I was looking for Emory. Emory back here, and, and, he needs an additional one, Emory. And then, anybody up here? You guys all good? All right. Is there anybody else over here? You can raise your hand and we'll get these to you. So, I want to briefly go over the Lord's Supper. Um, just some basic questions I love to always talk about. Um, basic question is this, who can take the Lord's Supper? Here at Silverdale Baptist Church, we practice open communion, which means if you are a believer, you're welcome to the table. Question might be asked, who ought not, should not take of the elements the table today? And Scripture says, if you're not a Christian, if you have not repented and believed, then this table is not for you. It's a family affair. And I would ask that you kindly let this pass. There's a second group of people who should not take of the Lord's Supper today, and that would be if you were here and you are a Christian, but you're living in unrepentant sin. And we all sin, man, I get that. Unrepentant sin looks like this. You're involved in sin, and God says, you need to stop and repent of that sin. And you go, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Scripture says that if that's you, Christian, you need to let this pass.
And you'd let this pass today. But here's the glorious news, guys. The glorious news is this. There is no reason why everyone in this room today cannot take of the Lord's Supper. If you're in that first category, you say, I don't know, Jesus. All you got to do is repent and believe. Say, Jesus, save me. Save me. And he saves you immediately. You are regenerated. You are giving eternal life. And there is a place for you at the table. And he says, come, son, come, daughter. Maybe you're in that other group. Hey, and by the way, let's just be straight here. Christians, Christian, every one of us been in that second group. All right? So we ain't going to act like we ain't been there. We all been there, every one of us, including me. God told me, God said, stop doing that. And I'm like, blah, blah, don't hear you, blah, blah, blah. I like it, I like it, I like it. By his grace, he was persistent. Crush this heart and you repent. So we all been there, but if that's you right now, all you got to do is repent. All you got to do is repent. Say, I hear you, God. I hear you. I'm sorry. I repent. I will stop by your grace and through the indwelling God's spirit. I'm going to walk differently to the best of my ability. As soon as you do that, he says, come to the table. Come to the table. Come to the table. Let me read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven 27 through 29 to you real quick. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, we're about to practice this. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So here's what we're about to do. We're about to do some verse 28 up in this place, all right? And we're going to have an opportunity for all of us to examine ourselves, all right? I'm going to sit over there. I'm going to pray, examine my heart. We're going to have some, some keys played, and we're going to examine. After we do that, I'm going to come up here, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. So, Silverdale... Let's examine ourselves. Our Father, God in heaven, you are holy, holy, holy. We ask for your kingdom to come. We ask for your will to be done here on earth in the same way that it's being enjoyed in heaven. We ask that you forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, Father. We thank you for the blessings. We pray that you give us our daily bread. 
We ask that you keep us from temptation. And we pray that you would protect us from the evil one. And we ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Silverdale, at this time, if you would take the elements and put the bread at, to at the top. There's a little tab here. You're just going to grab that and just pull it back gently. And just hold on. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Church, look here, this is my body, the body of Christ, which is for whom you, me, do this, Silverdale, in remembrance of our Savior, Jesus. Take the bread, remember the King. You want to now take it and turn it upside down or right side up? I don't know, but you get the juice up here. You're going to grab that tab and you're going to pull it back firmly and gently. Once again, it's more dangerous because we can spill. And if you do, that's okay. And read verse 25. In the same way also he, that's Jesus, took the cup after supper, saying, It's so deep, guys. This cup... It's a symbol, is what he's saying, of what? The new covenant. What's that? The grace covenant. Well, how do you get the grace covenant? It's there in the text, in my blood. There's only one way to enjoy the grace covenant. It's the blood of Christ. Do this as often as you drink it. How? Jesus says, remember me. When you do this, remember me in the remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, look, you proclaim, Silverdale, we're making a proclamation here. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and my friends, he will return. Take this. Remember Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we need courage. We need courage. I need courage. Courage not to be weak. Courage not to tap out early. Courage not to shrink back. And I pray that our faith, based in the promises that you have made, will carry us through it all for your glory, for our joy, for the good of the nations. We ask this in Christ's name. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale. And we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.